fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try for the touchdown. Brought to you by the good people of the Rose Street Journal. We're acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy championships, fantasy trophies, all your fantasies. That's us. I'm your host, Matt The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. I don't know about you, Wolf. I, I have a ton riding on this game tonight, personally. Like, this is the most I've had on a Monday night game all year, probably. Oh, best of luck. I hope you get it. I'm actually sitting nice and comfortable. Got my win already. Feeling fantastic. I actually... It mainly got the win, but I think I'm going to go 7-0 and this week, which oh, has wow. not happened in a while. I've had a couple 5-2s, maybe even a 6-1 and this season. Last week was a oh, like a 1-6, which was just the most depressing feeling. But this is a great week. This is one of the best fantasy weeks I think I've ever had. Unbelievable. That's great. Yeah, I got – so I, I've had a miserable week in the sense that it's just been a slow, slow trickle. Like, you yeah. know, my guy's not doing much, not doing much, not doing much. Then I had – McCaffrey comeback that was nice he oh, you yeah. know he produced points and he I thought he looked pretty good doing it um and then I had the nice uh little surprise of Daryl Williams becoming like the best Woo-hoo-hoo. player in the NFL for like you know a game that was nice and now I'm down like 50 points but I have Stafford Cup Higby and Eli Mitchell going tonight full oh and yards. Mitchell too I knew you had the Ram stack I forgot you had Mitchell on the other side yeah, you should so, be feeling I mean, pretty good. <laughs> I'm supposed to win. It always makes me nervous when I've got it all wrapped up in one team, basically, because you know, th- if I win, I'm probably going to win big. But right. like, if all of a sudden it's one of these games where the Rams score ten points or something, then I'm going to lose, and it's going to really, really suck. So yeah, I I think you're golden unless there was an injury to like, and again, knock on wood, not that right. anybody would ever root for that. That would be really the only thing that would destroy you is like the unthinkable the cup or something like that. Yeah, 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 and hopefully that won't happen. So anyway. Keeping my fingers crossed. It should be good. I'm looking forward to the game. San Francisco has not been much lately. We'll see what happens. Um, Jimmy G is actually the guy that I picked up to replace Stafford when he's on bye next week. So, I don't know. I'm kind of low-key secret pulling for him to do okay. Crazy stat. The last two weeks, Jimmy G is the top scoring quarterback in fantasy the past two weeks. How All nuts right. is that? I would never have guessed <laughs> it. And uh, our boy Field Yates tweeted that one out today. Oh, wow. Interesting stuff. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I saw that. You heard our fantasy situation, Wolfpack. Let us know in the comments. What do you need tonight? We'll give you our blessing, the blessing of the wolf and truth. What gets better than that? So let us know what you need. Certainly, if you have questions, do I play this guy or not? Uh, go for it. Let us know in the comments as well. Um, and we're going to cover some just quick fantasy notes, right, real quick about Monday Night Football. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it. You want to start yeah. with uh, – I mean, there's one obvious guy to talk about if we're being <laughs> – for being honest here, Odell Beckham, who comes into the Rams and who the Wolf and I were both kind of critical of that signing when it happened. And then like the next day, Robert Woods tears his ACL in practice and is out for the year. And OBJ is starting in Woods' spot. They say they have, quote unquote, a package of plays prepared for him, whatever the hell that means. But I mean, the guy is he's essentially going to be Robert Woods in this lineup and we'll see what happens. What do you think? I mean, are you starting to get a little gassed up on OBJ? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I don't think tonight, I mean, could he have, he's the type of player that just needs one play to be equal to his value. I mean, that could happen any given time. I wouldn't expect that tonight if you're facing him or whether you're, you know, thinking, do I put this guy in? Man, you'd have to be pretty desperate. Like, I'd rather have Van Jefferson in there tonight. He knows the offense. He's been around. I think he's going to see the biggest role upgrade. I think they even said some, like, Brett Ben Skonowski or something yep. like that. How how do you pronounce dude's name? Skonowski? Skornick? Ben Skournick. Skournick. That's what it is. Okay. He's taking the starting place. He's playing the slot packages, at least to start. But, I mean, are you really going to keep Ben Skournick in there if – you have Odell Beckham just sitting there waiting in the wings. It is kind of, I saw a funny tweet where someone tweeted out like OBJ's dad with the candlestick in the locker room. Did it. <laughs> like It's kind of scary. The fact that he got there on Friday and then that day in practice, Robert Woods tore his ACL, just probably an unfortunate, you know, incident, but maybe a sign of things like let's not get too greedy here. McVay, uh, you know, who knows? But I think long-term, how, how could it not be exciting? You have Stafford, the best QBs played with by far, you have, you know, Sean McVay, the most creative mind by far that he's ever played under, too. It could go, if as long as OB, Odell's a whole lot better than what he was showing in Cleveland, and I do think a lot of that was on Baker Mayfield and not himself, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work out quite well here. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's one of the most intriguing things. I did want to add, too, Matt, two stashes ahead of time. I always like to toss these out there on Monday Night Football for anybody tuned in early. If you have bench trash, in my case, my example is Eno Benjamin, somebody I was picking up a lot, just didn't do jack shit. Not need, no need to keep this guy on rosters, in my opinion. Why not go pick up? You know who I'm going to, Jeff Wilson, ahead of the game. I know exactly <laughs> where you're going. Right, <laughs> Michael Hasty is out. Uh, so this guy's going to play the third down role, first snaps of 2021. Let's see what juice the guy has. If he's awful and plotting all over the field, you can just cut him tomorrow, anyways. The other guy that's out there, in nearly 70% of leagues, is also Sony Michelle. Again, God forsaken, if something happens to Daryl Henderson, one of the top RB1s of the year right now. I think Sony would walk himself right into a low end one, high end two. Not because Sony's anything special, but because this offense is so damn good. So why not save yourself the if if something happened to Henderson and Sony's out there, people would play 90 bucks, however much fab they have left to go get this guy, and they would deserve to. Why not get ahead of time if you have something? In fact, Nat, between those two, I have to decide. They're both sitting out there in my league, Jeff Wilson yeah. and Sony. Who would you rather own? Um, I'm, I'm a little bit prejudiced against Jeff Wilson because of what he did last week. I'm not, I should be right. I know that's not fair. Let me ask you this. So I I probably am not going to be able to pick anybody up because I don't think I can drop somebody that's already played like in order to pick somebody up. So in Yahoo, um, you can. In ESPN, you often can't. Are you? I'm, on, in, ESPN? I'm in ESPN. Yes. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you. I mean, it's too bad because I could pick Wilson up right now, and I mean, I'd love to drop Alex Collins, for instance. I would. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Okay, but I don't think I can. So maybe we'll see what happens. Right uh, at this point, uh, Collins, like, what's the upside? Carson's coming back probably next week, and even when he's not, and there, even the even Carson like high points, like it's it, it's useless. Even Carson, how excited are we for him? Even right? I know. Yeah. I think we'll talk about that attack in a little okay. bit, but man, that was ugly. I, I imagine they'll get it back together, uh, but we will see. No doubt about it. <laughs> All right, guys, give us a like, um, give us a share of love or heart or whatever currency your platform deals with. <laughs> We're going to get uh, right into quarterbacks. And then we are going to go all the way up to kickoff. Obviously, we're going to answer all your mailbag questions. So keep them coming. Small mailbag right now, but it always grows as the episode uh, goes on. So 
Hit him, hit him with it, whatever you got. Give it to us. All right, quarterbacks, obvious guy to talk about. This is a guy that the Wolf had as his QB 10 this week, and I was like, I don't know, man. I think that's kind of too high. Um, and, uh, you know, experts had him at five. Well, yesterday, Pat Mahomes, 35 of 50 for 406 yards and five touchdowns in their Week 10 win over the Raiders. Probably could have gotten more than that if he had wanted to. Took their foot off the gas a little bit at the very end. The Chiefs looked like the Chiefs, and Mahomes looked like Mahomes, right? 100%. I mean, 10 drives. They scored on seven of them. And one of the times they didn't score was a missed field goal. The other time was kneel downs at the end of the game. So really only one drive that failed to end in at least a point scoring opportunity when they were had the, the gas down there. It looked great. It looked like his weapons. I know Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Kill have both been dealing with injuries. And like I think that kind of went under the radar a little bit. Even on our end, we didn't really talk much about how, yeah, when you only have two good weapons and two of them are both banged up, Maybe that is going to impact you. But those guys were flying all over the field, in particular Travis Kelsey, looking as healthy as he's looked in weeks. I, I mean, it just looked like – and Mahomes is certainly one of those guys that as soon as he's back, it's like, yep, he's back. There's no – we don't really need to doubt this one. Interesting to note, too, not really on the football field side of things, but his brother, Jackson Mahomes, was not in attendance. His first good game in a long time came with Jackson Mahomes not there. Maybe he needs to cut his family off a little bit more. We'll see. Another intriguing performance – was Cam Newton, who didn't even start at QB, yet still was able to finish with two rushing touchdowns. I'm sure as a CMAC owner, you love to see that because the guy still had 25 fantasy points, Christian McCaffrey, even without scoring touchdowns. Yep, but you had to it. be frothing at the mouth being like, damn it, is this going to keep happening? And I honestly was – I'm being totally real with you. I was so happy to see him getting the usage and getting the plays. I, I was not even mad that he didn't get in the end zone. He did almost get in a couple times, but he scored me 26 PPR points. I, that's insane. Only Najee Harris has also done that this year without a touchdown, tops 25 fantasy points. That's just those two bell cows. It's absolutely what happens. Just to remind you guys too, though, Cam Newton's upside, even when he's been bad in real life, Quarterback four, quarterback two, quarterback nine, quarterback one, QB 17, a bad year. I think QB that was the three. year that we took him in our high high money league. 100%, right? Of course. <laughs> so we drink him. That was our bad. QB 12. And then his other only bad performance was QB 16 last year with the Pats. And we look at that with weapons, that offense. It was hideous all around. So this guy has been top 12 in all but two seasons, like 80% hit rate in the top 12 right there. And that's just the rushing upside that we continue to hint at. You saw it already this week with two rushing touchdowns. Let's just remind you, Sam Darnold had the NFL lead in rushing touchdowns at one point this year. They love that zone option read. I, we haven't seen Cam Newton in this Joe Brady offense. I think he's going to do some really great things with his legs. I, if I'd be scrambling. If I'm QB needy, I'd pay whatever I need to go get this guy. I think you're going to get a nice top 12 quarterback the rest of the way. I agree with you 100%. Um, and he's, you know, uh, McCaffrey is such a security blanket. For a guy yes. like that, especially for a guy challenged arm that, you know, you'd like to see him throwing short that I don't know. It seems like a great fit potentially. All right. Yeah, we're going to get into the Seahawks. I know we're on quarterbacks, but I'm actually going to touch on Russell Wilson and a couple of his receivers. Russell Wilson, very hyped comeback this week. Oh, when Russell Wilson gets back, look out. Well, the Seahawks got zero points. They were shut out. Russell Wilson, 20 out of 40 for a buck 61 and two picks. He also had 32 yards on the ground. Who who gives a shit? He had a 43.7 passer rating, which is like, you know, I want to say Geno Smith-esque, but he never did that bad. Um, no. And let's look at his weapons. You know, we're saying Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, their value is going to explode when Russell Wilson gets back. Well, Tyler Lockett got <laughs> targeted eight times. He caught two balls, 23 yards. DK Metcalf also got targeted eight times, got three balls, 26 yards, got in a fight, got ejected. What a terrible 
terrible performance for the Seahawks. Just awful. I mean, one of the worst I've seen all year, honestly. I I honestly don't know what else you can say about it. It's the lowest he's had uh, Russell Wilson since 2016. And I'm just trying to say, like, when was he worse than this? It's certainly by the eyeball test, the worst game he's ever had. Maybe he got hurt in a game or something in 2016. But apparently he had one fewer fantasy point a few years ago. This was as abysmal as you can ask for. you got to hope it was just shaking off some rust, and it's not like the finger isn't truly ready and he's coming back too early. Certainly you can't trust the guy in your fantasy lineups moving forward, and you got to take a big hit out of DK and Tyler Lockett on the rest of the season big board. For now, similar to Pat Mahomes, as soon as we see it, if we see it again from Russ, I can immediately adjust, but that looked like a performance that I, I don't know that we'll see good Russ yet again. So that's definitely something that I was highly concerned about. Who was worse other- this week? Russell Wilson or uh, Matt Ryan? Oh God, I, I Matt Ryan was just atrocious. My, <laughs> that was really, really bad. Yeah, zero he had fantasy, fantasy points. points. So fantasy yeah. points wise, he was even worse. I mean, yeah, he was worse. Okay, <laughs> just he checking. has no excuse. He was facing a bad Dallas secondary. He's at least been playing. Like I guess you could give Russ the rust, the rustiness excuse. I don't know. That was that was just a horrible performance all around. It's one. It's up to this point that it's similar to nine hundred nine orbits. If you're tuned in here, brother. Good to see it. My Holy Cross League, I've been stre- I streamed Tyrod. Then I like I cannot get it right. Matt Ryan, I was so pumped. Like oh, finally, God. I got a guy. Well, at least get me twelve. No, two. So it was, I'm the curse. Dude, I'm, in my I'm, league, he got zero. I mean, oh, I don't know what God. the scoring was there, but yeah, he got zero. Absolutely pathetic. You might want to turn instead to Mac Jones. Real life wise, and I was at the game. Unbelievable time. Uh, fantastic game and fantastic effort. From Mac Jones, who looks like he could truly be the best QB of this class. He certainly is by all metrics right now. Uh, He's now the highest graded QB since week five in the entire NFL, not just among rookies. 91.2, highest graded rookie QB since 2014. He had a 95.8 PFF grade uh, in 2020 coming out. So it looks like he's really translating to everything PFF was grading him out to be. 83% completion rate, 198 yards and three TDs. I guess that's the one rub fantasy-wise is even as perfect as he was. He didn't even cross 200 yards because he didn't need to. He was just so damn dominant, as was this team. If we're just talking about NFL rises, the Patriots these last couple of weeks, we were talking right before we went on air. Like, who in the AFC actually scares us to the point that, like, they can't be a Super Bowl team? I, I don't have anyone on my list that's like, the Pats can't beat that team. Right. I agree completely. And, you know, those, those games coming up will be very, very talented. They, they're two of them, them, right? They got two, two in December. Two matchups. Yep. It's going to be wild. Jalen Hurts looked really solid 16 out of 23 for a buck 78. Two touchdowns, one pick. He rushed 14 times, 53 yards. That's that Konami upside. We always talk about tacking five or six points onto your total. Helps a lot. Uh, Philly won 30 to 13 week 10 over the Broncos who have been woefully inconsistent. And honestly, I kind of secretly just think aren't that good. Um, He did have two touchdowns to Devontae Smith. Is that right? In the first half, you said that you picked him in your daily fantasy and he didn't do much. That's something. Oh, no, right. not Devonta Smith. It was, I had uh, DK Metcalf, who did oh. absolutely nothing. I wish I had Devonta. I thought you said you had both. Okay. Yeah. No, no, anyway, Devonta Smith was pretty good. No. Anyway, Hurts, I mean, you know, so here we go. He has 14 career starts, right? And, I mean, he's relatively young career. QB 11, QB 1, QB 12, QB 20 in three quarters. QB 5, QB 10, QB 10, QB 4, QB 11, QB 7, QB, QB 6, QB 24, QB 12, QB seven, uh, and that's current. Uh, that's courtesy of Ian Hart. It's friend of the website, friend of the podcast, just friend in general. The guy, 
he's a legit starting fantasy quarterback. He's had a couple times that he's dipped down below what you would want, but he's also had some weeks where he's like right at the top or at the top. That's that was 14 games you rallied off that. He's been top 12 in 12 of those 14 games. That's an 86% right. hit rate. So he's really only dead. There's no quarterback that's been that. Yeah, he's been like, he's been top six, I think, six times. Exactly so. right. So the good ceiling, great floor. I know it doesn't feel right because again, it's not that great of a, a player, but 50 rush yards in four straight games. It's just that Konami upside. It continues to get it done. And just touching upon the Eagles in general, maybe we could just we get to the running backs, but these last three games, you can clearly see this shift in offensive focus to the running back, but it still is helping out Jalen Hurts because he's running a ton himself. They now have 3.2 points per drive. That's first in the NFL across their last three games. 84.6 QBR first, 208 rushing yards per game first, 22 10-yard rushes first, 54% third down percentage first, 62% drive score percentage first. Like they, every efficiency metric, they're checking all the boxes. Uh, 51% success rate, 42 through 42 and a half yards per drive first, 79.8 efficiency for everything. Everything is checking all the boxes. This team is starting to really click. Uh, given this whole new offensive philosophy, Miles Sanders should be back. I don't know. Maybe they could make some noise uh, down there at the bottom of the NFC. They're playing really well since they've got this new offensive identity. It's very intriguing. A guy who's not playing really well, or at least not at a consistency level, is Justin Herbert, who one week will look like the next great phenom that's going to take over the league. The other week doesn't do so much. This was one of the certainly bad outings there. 195 yards, one TD and a pick, and a 27-20 to 20 loss to the Vikings. Just a bad team loss, bad performance from him. He is now, credit to late-round QB, J.J. Zacharyson. Herbert's been under 15 fantasy points, more than he's scored above 15 fantasy points. That's sketchy. That is a, and I know the booms above 15 have been often pretty big, but that's not a guy that you want to routinely rely on uh, that gets this like, kind of set-and-forget notion about him. Not the case at all so far this year. Agreed. And disappointing. I mean, obviously it's very, very adversely affecting like Mike Williams, for instance. Oh, was God. Doing great for me. Maybe not even a guy you should be starting anymore. We'll talk yeah. about him later. Uh, Tua, last quarterback we're going to touch on. He did not start on Thursday. Uh, he had that finger issue. He was re-inserted into the lineup after Jacoby Brissett went down with an injury. Brissett was moving around on the sidelines, stuff like that. It almost seemed like he kind of wanted to go back in. They didn't go back in with him. Um, Tua played okay, 12 yards and change per attempt, and they did win the game. To me, the bigger story here, can you believe the Ravens lost to this dumpster fire of a team? <laughs> what an absolutely abysmal performance from the Ravens. The only shining spotlight there was our guy Rashad Bateman, who we had probably yeah. times a thousand way too much on Thursday night. He did pretty well. To pull it up for its 14 PPR leagues. Uh, but yeah, that was ugly, man. Like I, I just – Look like Lamar Jackson could never get started against the Dolphins, who have been abysmal on defense. The Dolphins, they looked like the freaking 85 Bears. They were, I like, know. just crashing through the line. It's like, I mean, how many how many times did he get sacked? He's hard to sack. Exactly. He got was, a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. The NFL is such a weird league this year. Yeah. As soon as you think you got a team that's like we were talking about, the Ravens, probably one of the top teams. We know the road's going to go through them in the AFC, right? Well. Maybe not. That whole division's a clusterfuck. Both Steelers times tying that I've, the Lions, like yeah, both times the Steelers tying the line. Both times I've talked myself into thinking the Rams were the best team in the NFL this year. They've lost the following week, which yeah. is why, <laughs> which is why, like I'm a little bit apprehensive about this game. 
tonight. And we're we'll talking see. about the Titans right now. Is like the, they've beat five straight playoff teams in a row. They're looking solid. Yeah, but do, do you they believe re- in the Titans really? Not at all. I don't believe in the Titans. <laughs> Not without Derrick Henry, at least. If they get him back for the playoffs, then maybe damn okay, they can make some noise. But no, I'm not I, like okay. I would any yeah. given time. They lost to the Jets. Like, come on. Yeah. I, no, I don't believe- lose to the Jets. I'm they, not worried about it. I don't Jets. believe in the Titans at all. I mean, look, at the end of the year when they're 15 and two and I bet against them all through the playoffs and they <laughs> end up winning the Super Bowl, I'll be like, well, damn, I guess I should have seen that coming. But I right. just don't believe it. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll move on to running backs here, folks. But if you can't and you haven't already, please consider giving us that thumbs up. It really does help us get out to more people, continues to grow the pack. You guys have been awesome about that throughout shows. We usually like 40, 50 likes on these. It's awesome. We continue to grow as we rip through this usage, all that good stuff to help you learn what you need to learn. One of the biggest risers of this week is certainly going to be A.J. Dillon. It looked like it could be a whole lot like season ending potentially for Aaron Jones, but we got some news on that front. Let's start with Dillon. You saw 21 carries for 66 yards. 58 coming before contact, so great blocking on that front. Didn't make a whole lot happen after. That's typically not true of him. He's usually a beast churning yards after the contact, but not quite this game. He did also have two receptions. This is where he really was churning it, 62 yards, and then had two touchdowns as well. So a beastly performance from him as the de facto feature back because Aaron Jones left uh, with a what's now deemed a mild MCL sprain. They're saying he's going to be out one to two weeks. My guess is with a week 13 bye, they just hold him out these next two, get the bye week, and then you'll see him again in week 14. Uh, but Dylan, anyways, had been a much bigger part yeah. of this usage. Tw- he had uh, you know, a bunch of receiving work, four catches on four targets the week before. He already was kind of sneaking into those opportunities, making it close to a 50-50. Now you're going to get the every down roll by him, and then when Jones comes back, I can't imagine it might stay that 50-50 split at best for Jones. Definitely a big downgrade for Jones being hurt here. Big stock up for A.J. Dillon moving forward. All right, we mentioned the Titans. Let's talk about their backfield. <clears throat> talk about a backfield I don't want anything to do with at all. I don't yeah. care if they are 8-2. and two. Deontay Foreman, 11 rushes, 30 yards. Uh, he had two targets. He got 48 yards on that. That's okay. And they talked about, you know, he's the most explosive of the backs. Like, he's the 100%. one of these three. Yeah, but he <laughs> rushed 11 times for 30 yards. So, I mean, <laughs> not I that good, like, right, exactly. Right, it's not that explosive. Um, Adrian Peterson rushed eight times for 21 yards, um, but he was getting like the red zone work. That was like on purpose. He was coming into the game when they were in the red zone. Um, He had nine touches on the game. Three of them were in the red zone. Um, And then you got Jeremy McNichols who rushed four times for seven yards. These are three really terrible rushing. (laughs) And they won. They beat the Saints who were like not bad. Um, And he also caught one out of three targets for one yard. I mean, I get me as far away from any of these people as you can. Uh, obviously Foreman is the guy you want if you're going to get one, but man, I no. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's kind of how I feel. Foreman is only 4% rostered. So if you're looking and desperate for running back health, they've had two hard matchups since Henry went down. The schedule does get a little bit softer for these next few weeks. So should Foreman who had about 47, uh, 48% rather of the carries this past week, if he continues to get about 50 or keeps climbing, because he is, as you said, the most explosive with his like 3.0 yards per carry, very explosive, but still by far showing the most juice, he could end up doing some damage worth a, worth a waiver wire stab this week and then deeper leagues, given that he's well, uh, pretty widely available. What was great this week, Ramondre Stevenson for the Pats, again, being there watching this guy rumble every time he just churning the legs forward, looking fantastic, going for a hundred yards, two rushing touchdowns this last week. Unbelievable. In fact, I tweeted right before the game, Ramondre is going for two today. 
Uh, and he sure did. So that was awesome. Hopefully you guys benefited from that when he was only 4,500 on DraftKings. He saw 25 of the week 10 RB opportunities compared to six for Bolden, six for JJ Taylor. He had 70% of the running back rushes, a 20% target share. We've only seen since 2011, four other running backs hit those type of metrics, both 20% and 69% or higher of the carries, uh, 20% of the target share. So this was as close to a feature back as you will ever see under Bill Belichick. And he sure didn't do anything to disappoint. I wonder what it means for Damian Harris moving forward because Stevenson really, really, really looked fantastic. Remember at the quarter season, Mark? I think I said he was my like guy that was going to potentially win leagues, Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. If he does this moving forward, he certainly is going to come to fruition for that. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon for the Broncos split <sighs> touches out of the backfield. Speaking of another group that I just don't really want anything to do with, even though they're both talented. Uh, yeah. They each got 10 touches. Javante went eight rushes for 48. So six yards a clip, not bad. Two out of three targets for one yard. That's nothing. Gordon, nine rushes for 45 yards, five yards a clip. Also not bad. He scored a touchdown. He hauled in one out of four targets for a whopping negative two yards. Perhaps most importantly, he did cough up the ball, um, which I think resulted in an 83-yard touchdown uh, run back for the Eagles. So that was obviously pretty damaging. You know, you got guys getting 10 touches a game. I mean, first of all, that's not a ton, and they're splitting. I don't know, man. I'm keeping away from each of these guys unless I'm desperate. Yeah, it's just I'm looking for signs of this thing finally turning. Javante had a 20-yard touchdown called back on a holding battle. I was watching it, freaking out because I started him yesterday and yeah. it just didn't end up coming through. But we did see Williams outsnap Gordon 33-25. to 25. It's only the second time he's outsnapped him. He also ran more routes, 22-15. to 15. You wonder if that fumble comes into play, and after this bye week, we see a little bit of uptick for Javante. I'm holding strong where I have him, and I'm trying to sneaky buy in because uh, I, I do think this stretch run could go huge for him. A guy that did not have any workload questions. That's DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Good Lord. Maybe the single biggest usage bump we've seen this year. Dan Campbell takes over play calling duties, and what does he do with his feature back? 33 carries. Holy hell. Uh, he also had 130 yards on the ground, 93 yards of them coming after contact. Three receptions for only five yards. Kind of weird that he didn't do his damage through the air, but that was 93% snap share, 24% target share, even without that that much uh, total production, production from it. We haven't seen only Derrick Henry has topped that 30 carry mark, and DeAndre Swift just did it again in Dan Campbell's first game, a 91% route share as well. Yes, we got to mention, I guess, that Jamal Williams was out. Of course, that's played somewhat of a factor, but still, this was this was like – beyond feature back usage. This was just psychotic usage. And I can't imagine that just disappears even if Williams comes back. Great performance here. Mark Ingram in his return to the Saints. 87.5% of the New Orleans running back rushes and uh, over a 20% target share. This is without Alvin Kamara. True definition of bell cow. And according to J.J. Zachariasen, who I never can (laughs) pronounce his name right, um, Kamara has only actually reached either of those thresholds twice this year. Ingram had 14 rushes for 47 yards and one touchdown. He had four catches on seven targets for 61 yards. Not a bad game at all. Uh, sign of things to come when Kamara comes back. Is there going to be serious cheese nibbling going on? I think it's going to be a lot of cheese nibbling going on for sure. So a little bit of a hit to Kamara here and a little bit of boost to Ingram in the sense of, yeah, he has the, the handcuff with benefits upside, especially now that we know if Kamara misses time, Ingram's going to be an absolute Definite bell cow. That wasn't a guarantee given he's older, given this is like a Simeon-led offense. He really going to have value. Oh, well, he had almost 20, had over 20 fantasy points in PPR leagues. Very, very solid value. Uh, and just moving forward, you know 
to expect that if Kamara misses time. That's just good. Now Ingram is like on your can't cut list because you, oh, you yeah. know this type of game is within his realm of possibility. Fournette, just it wasn't ultimately all that inspiring stats. 11 rushes, 47 yards, eight catches for 45. Pretty nice there. The fact that he saw 27.3% target share and 91.7% running back rushing share was just incredible, though. It is bell cow to the fullest. We saw Rojo get in for one snap, one touch. This is the Fournette show in one of the best offenses in the league. He's been one of the best picks you could have made, and it's going to continue to be that way rest of season. Najee Harris, this is a guy who's a definition of a bell cow. 26 carries, 105 yards, six avoided tackles, four receptions, 28 receiving yards. There's all sorts of stats comparing him to Swift because we just spent a bunch of time on Swift. Which you, which of these stats here is your favorite uh, or jumps out to you in the in the strongest way? Yeah, this was our dynasty guy, Mike Pro Scout Lou, who came on the pod this summer. I think what he was really trying to illustrate here is Najee and Swift are like hand in hand in terms of their receiving outputs. In fact, Najee has a better PFF receiving grade than DeAndre Swift, but they get compared like, oh no, this plotter Najee Harris, he's so inefficient with his volume. He's useless. He's he's just a, a matter of touches. And it's not the case at all. Efficiency wise, he's been as good, if not better than DeAndre yeah. Swift, the darling of the, the dynasty community. So I think I like what Mike did here was he was trying to paint this picture that these guys are not that far off if, in fact, Najee might even be better from an efficiency standpoint, and everyone just kind of is like, nope, volume plotter, that's it. And I don't know why this narrative exists. It never has been the case for Najee, and, and people still tend to try to drive that narrative. I don't get it. No, he's I don't great. know why. You won't have anybody driving a negative narrative on this guy, though. Jonathan Taylor, good Lord, is this man just an absolute monster. His seventh straight top 10 PPR performance, 116 total yards and another TD. More importantly, six catches, only went for 10 yards, but – Nice to see that type of involvement. Yeah. He played 84% of the snaps. He hadn't seen above 60% this year. That was huge. Goodbye, Naeem Hines. Not even involved. 80% of the running back touches, eight targets, 23.5% target share. All of these were either highs or second highs on the season. Certainly, again, the snaps. That's what you just love to see is yeah. an almost every down player for one of the best talents in the league. Love to see it. Wheels up, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's great. Uh, there was some talk on uh, RSJ group text people talking about um, him being better than Derrick Henry. Um, let's no. pump the brakes a little bit. Let's I mean, pump the brakes, CJ. Okay. Let's pump the brakes, Duck. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, Derrick Henry's got a broken foot, so maybe now. But, you know. I was going to say, like, moving forward, okay. But, yeah, entering the year, no. <laughs> Not no, even close. I, no. Antonio Gibson, 24 carries, 64 yards, two touchdowns. That included seven first downs, also had two catches for 14. I'm still surprised this guy doesn't get more catches um, just in general. But he has been struggling with this shin injury for a while. And, I mean, you know, 24 carries, lots and lots and lots of touches for this guy. Uh, it seems like he's back to where we kind of thought he was going to be, like, way back in the day. I don't know. Encouraged? I'm encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. 26 opportunities, nothing to sneeze at. But this also was his first top 12 running back one performance of the season. It came against the Bucks. Like, who could have seen this coming? It looked like it was going to be a negative game script all day. They were up all game. That was shocking. 63% of the snaps is highest since week one. That was nice. 37% of routes, good to see, highest since week five. And then 24 of the 30 carries was a season high. In fact, that's actually a career high on carries. All very encouraging for sure. To be honest, though, I would be taking those stats and telling everyone in my league if I own Gibson and try to see what I could get for this guy. I don't know that his value is going to get any higher than it was today. Maybe it was a signal. Like, yeah, this is going to be our guy the rest of the year, and he's an absolute league winner down the stretch. 
that is potentially what could happen. I would be hammering my sell, sell, self button as hard as I could right now and seeing if I could get something from him. We'll, we'll see. Who I would not Agreed. be selling, though, is your boy, Christian McCaffrey. 13 carries, 95 yards, 4.1 yards after contact per carry. Just an insane stat. But more importantly, right back to that receiving just absolute alpha. 10 catches, 66 yards. Whew. He is now in tough matchups against the, the Cardinals, who are giving up the fifth fewest points to running backs and Patriots, who are right there in the, the top 20. Uh, it, like the bottom 20, so they're, they're very good at defending the back position. 27 carries, 147 rushing, 14 catches, 120 on 15 targets across his last two weeks. And one of those weeks was like a 50% snap rate. This was the back to every down type of player. I mean, Chuba, it, it was annoying too. Is Chuba scored, he scored a touchdown. Cam stole two. This guy still put up 25 fantasy points. So that just again tells you how insane the floor is. But it would be nice to see one of those. Like you wouldn't be sweating yeah. at all right now if you had – Two of those three touchdowns that got vultured from him. But, man, it was awesome to see. No doubt. But I still felt good about it. Um, yeah. Another guy, you talk about McCaffrey being my boy. My other boy is Daryl Williams. This is a guy that not too long ago you were dumping on, Wolf. And I, I love Daryl. And let me tell you, I love Daryl even more now than I used to. 11 rushes, 43 yards. Eh. Nine catches on nine <laughs> targets for a buck one and a touchdown. And that touchdown was like a wide receiver catch. That was That was no joke at all. I want to know why in the world. First of all, CEH, I know I said this last week. I know I said this on Thursday. Williams seems objectively better than him to me. And I also, on top of that, I don't understand why Jarek McKinnon is coming down as this like specialty pass catching back. He caught nine balls on nine targets. He can catch, obviously. Why are we bringing in Jarek? I'm made of glass McKinnon. I don't know. It's clear Williams is by far their best engine. Even that that includes CEH at this point. Just mentioning CEH. So what Williams did, nine catches, 101 in a TD, as you said. Clyde has never had 80 or more receiving yards. He's never had eight plus receptions. He's only uh, he's only been 14 plus PPR in three games uh, in his career and never in three straight games like we just saw from Daryl Williams. And Clyde has never seen 25 fantasy points in a single game. He's never really been that good. And Daryl Williams has been a high-end RB2, low-end RB1, yep. and even this week, a high-end PPR RB1. Like, there is just that possibility. They're saying Hilaire has a pretty good chance to play. That is going to – I mean, I can't imagine that he doesn't get work. It's our first down. I agree. First I agree. Pick. Probably going to be the end of anyone being meaningful or, or consistent there. But what a fun ride it's been. And maybe just maybe they're like, yeah, let's, let's just ride it out with Daryl because if they do, you got yourself a potential season winner down the stretch. He's been much, much better than I would have ever expected. Yep. A couple messy backfields. I'll just hit them both real quick as the Go Eagles. Ahead. Boston Scott did go for 81 yards on 11 carries, 24 yards through the air, so a nice bounce-back performance. He did get the start as well, played ahead of Jordan Howard, who also had 12 carries, 83 yards, 13 going to Scott, 12 going to Howard, and then three going to Gainwell. He clearly has been the odd man out for three straight weeks. I don't know why anybody would be rostering this guy at this point, but just to reiterate, cut Gainwell. I do wonder what happens to Howard and Boston Scott once Miles Sanders is back. I, one of them's probably going to have to go. My guess is it'll be Scott, but either way, it's it's, it's like a great backfield in the sense they're finally giving it a ton of volume. Three straight weeks with over 30 backfield touches. But who knows how this goes without Sanders. I guess you can hold on to Scott and Howard, but I imagine none of those three are going to be all that consistent. Meanwhile, another disgusting backfield, the Bills. Eight, seven, and six opportunities going to Singletary, Moss, and Brita, respectfully. Or respectively. Awful. Uh, not respectfully, just disgustingly disrespectful. Nothing respectful. Fantasy owners, 
all three of them actually finding the end zone. Moss, one score, 27 yards. Singletary, seven carries, 43 and a TD. Matt Breida scoring the most of the three backs with three carries, 28 and a TD, as well as a receiving score and 22 yards through the air. I mean, if they are consistently scoring that many touchdowns and okay, maybe you'll get some volume. This came against the Jets. I don't think if this becomes a three-headed nightmare, at least before it was like Moss, 60%, Singletary, 40 Now it's like 30-30-30. I don't want to ever try to figure this out in a matchup that's not against the Jets. Awful stuff. No point see. in it. Let's yeah. talk about Mike Davis briefly, shall we? Um, Cordero Patterson, who's a guy I've been leaning on for many weeks now, he got a mid-high ankle sprain, and he left the game, uh, came back, then didn't really end up playing at all in the second half. Wayne Gallman took over as the primary rusher, while Davis saw a, quote, slightly increased role on passing downs. Ooh. <laughs> um, if Patterson ends up missing time, Gallman seems to be the guy you should be going for. Davis, we've been on this for a while. You should just get rid of him. I mean, I think they say he hasn't been a top 24 fantasy running back since week two. And it would require a lot of injuries for him to get back into that alpha dog role. Um, and as far as Patterson goes, it looks like he probably won't be playing in week 11. Exactly. Another one point, like with Patterson knocked out, you'd think Davis will get something going. Another one point day for the guy, just useless, pathetic. Whereas Gallman comes in, as you said, for those 15 carries. So if anybody's the ad here, it's Gallman. Cut Davis. I cut him four weeks ago and I have not thought second about it. In fact, I feel good about it even better by the week. Uh, and so I yeah. just real quick, before we go into wide receivers, and I hope that everybody will give us a like because uh, we need it. Um, Mike Davis, I'm just, I keep my auction stats next to me. Um, what everybody paid for guys in an auction uh, at, at the beginning of the year. Mike Davis, 19 bucks in the auction. Um, Cordero Patterson, not drafted. Also 19 bucks, by the way, Cooper Cup. So <laughs> I knew that was coming. I feel like every time we've talked about Davis, it's like Cooper Cup, same price as Mike Davis. Just what sure. a steal by you, Truth. I got to. No, I no, no. I'm, I'm not even. Look, 19 bucks was a great deal. I'm bashing Mike Davis much more than I'm giving myself a pat on the back for Cordell. Give yourself the pat. For, for uh, Cooper Cup. 19 bucks for Mike Davis. Also, Miles Gaskin went for 17. Oh my God, <laughs> Cooper! Yeah, you, you. I think you figured out the formula for auctions: get a couple big price running backs, get your stallions, and then just pick apart the middle range, like getting the Cooper Cups, the Debo Samuels. Whew, what a beautiful Robert, thing! Speaking Robert of Woods, wider, Robert Woods went for twenty six, by the way. Oh yeah, damn! <laughs> but you got. I remember that because I was like, oh, I was pissed you missed on Woods, but you're like, maybe I can still get Cup though, and and I'm pumped you did. Holy hell, what a season that guy's having! We'll look forward to that tonight. We'll talk about some wide receivers here. And as the truth said, while we get to this next position, get your questions in. Tell us what you need tonight. Tell us if you won. Tell us if you lost and someone screwed. Feel free to just use the comment as your personal therapy vent session. Mm -hmm. All good. Love questions, love comments. But of course, that thumbs up does continue to help us go. We'll start with Justin Jefferson. They said they needed to throw to him more often, and they sure did. 11 targets. He all did nine of them for 143 yards ripping five explosive plays off and just looking again like one of the best young players in football. Man, I can't wait until Zimmer's gone and this guy gets an actual offensive coordinator in there. Stefan Diggs, eight catches for 162 yeah. yards and a touchdown, starting to see him uh, in a little of the same lens that we saw him last year. He won fantasy leagues for people unquestionably, especially in the championship week. Uh, I can verify that in my week. He was the difference. Oh, yeah. Um Stephon Diggs also saw 46% of Buffalo's targets today, and that was a high for the season. So trending up all the way. Absolutely. Right back to that alpha status. Corey Davis sneaky having himself a pretty good year. Five catches, 
93 yards, three explosive plays against one of the best defenses at limiting explosive plays. The Bills here played 65 of snaps, ran 43 routes, and saw seven targets in his return to action. Just good to see the guys back to health. And sneaky, like I know he's had a couple duds when people have trusted him, so now he he gets into every set start question. But he's been above 14 fantasy points in, like, I think it's four of his six starts so far. That's really not too shabby, especially if Mike White continues to be the quarterback. As bad as he was this week, four interceptions. Yeah, he was bad. Horrible. But he still delivers that mail to the receivers, at least. Uh, and I think Corey, uh, Corey Davis, a nice quality wide receiver three moving forward for sure. Devontae Smith, we talked about earlier, had four catches for 66 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he all had caught all those balls in the first half. He was targeted six times. The guy seems like the real deal. He really does. And what's all more the more impressive about it to me is that Jalen Hurts doesn't really seem like he can throw very well. No, but these past couple of weeks, it's it, I do think that that shift to the run game has been huge in terms of the play action it's creating, the rollout opportunities where Smith's at his best kind of on the run and moving, uh, or Jalen Hurts rather. That's really opened up some huge pockets for Smith just to exploit. And at least Hurts is finally getting uh, getting it under control and delivering that mail. He's now had back-to-back Devonta Smith, 20-plus fantasy point days. And I think dynasty-wise, you're getting a glimpse at like one of the next great young studs, somebody I'm going to be drafting everywhere next year when he's going like round six or so. He's going to be that next big breakout coming up. Uh, he already kind of – it's happening in front of our eyes as we watch it. We'll talk, we, we mentioned Justin Herbert and the inconsistency there. It's mm-hmm. certainly not helping out with your receivers there unless their name is Keenan Allen. Yet another monstrous 11 targets going for eight – catches 98 yards not a huge stat line but when you compare it to Mike Williams who had four catches on six targets 33 abysmal pathetic yards we've now seen from weeks one through six the first half of the year Mike Williams had 56 targets Keenan Allen had 57 across the next four games we've seen Keenan Allen get 35 targets and only 16 for Mike Williams just a complete disappearing act I don't know that we can keep going back to the like yeah but only a few people have 30 point upside the Vikings are giving up the six most points to receivers. If it was going to be steady and get done, it would be getting done. And, and Staley did say it's not the knee injury. It's a non-factor. So what the fuck is it? What's happening with Mike Williams? I don't know, but I can't trust him moving forward. Are you starting him if you've got him? I mean, I guess obviously it depends on your options, but I mean. If I can bench him, I want to bench him. I'm in a league where it's like him or Sutton, and we'll talk about Sutton uh, in a second. That's not any better. I'll just go for no, Mike Williams. I would go for Williams in that situation. It's ugly, um, though, yeah. All right, A.J. Brown and the Titans wide receivers, and by that we mean Marcus Johnson with no Julio in the game. Marcus Johnson actually ran the most routes the last time Julio Johnson missed game – or Julio Johnson. Julio Jones missed game action. He reclaimed that number two role last week or this week. Led the Titans receiving court in yards and targets. That's with 106, respectively. Um, It looks like he's going to be the number two guy behind A.J. Brown until Jones comes back from his hamstring injury. Who knows when that'll be? I mean, I know I mentioned this on Thursday – Jones's stats have just been lousy. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, we give him respect because he's Julio Jones, but if you look at what he's done this season, like, there's no way this guy merits the attention or a start or anything like that that we give him. Not at all. And Marcus Johnson just hit this game to his last Sunday was better than anything Julio's put out there. Again, as you mentioned, over 100 yards, Julio's not hit that. 22% target share for Marcus Johnson. Julio's not hit that. And I think a lot of people freaking out about AJ Brown, one catch on uh, four targets, 16 yards. That was abysmal. That floor exists. It is low. And I, I think a lot of people want to ignore it too. I'm not going to sit here and ignore that. It, it's scary, especially when they're just getting doubled every single play. How are they winning games? games? We just spent like several minutes talking about how bad all three of their running backs 
uh, stat lines were. A.J. Brown had one catch for 16 yards. How are they winning these games? The defense was abysmal to start the year. They've really turned it around. Uh, But just looking at A.J. Brown, he only saw six single coverage 13 times. He got open on over half of those, or almost half, rather, 46%. But he only got one target from Tannehill. He was open on 63% of his routes of more uh, 10 or more yards. He just didn't get the usage on it. So it was a bad game. Uh, for whatever reason, he only played 20% of slot snaps when that was where they're most exploitable, the Saints. It just was like a weird game where he was doing okay. They just really erased him. I, I'm just nervous, though. We've seen this happen with a lot of players, especially at the quarterback position. If teams see a blueprint that works, they're going right into it. I wouldn't be shocked if teams just double A.J. Brown and say, okay, most corners – can actually take Marcus Johnson out. I, I don't think this Marcus Johnson guy is suddenly going to be enough to draw attention away for AJ. I don't think he's one that gets actually helped by Julio being out. I think it does hurt him for the respect that, that he commands. All right. Ray Ray McLeod. Can we yeah. talk about Ray Ray McLeod for a second? Nine out of 12 targets, uh, nine catches on 12 targets for 63 yards in the Steelers week 10. Wait for it. Tie with the Lions. Uh, he finished second on the Steelers in targets, second in receiving yards. I'm assuming both of that was to Deontay Johnson, who is the uh, established alpha dog there. And he was in first in receptions. Um, I don't know. They they said the, – the one quote that I saw about it is that he offered a running back style element to the receiving game. How do you interpret that? I think it's a lot of like the, the dink and dunks, like get this yeah. guy the ball, let it go, rip it. But I also thought it was very intriguing that this happened in Chase Claypool's uh, absence. A lot of people going to James Washington, he didn't see half the targets that Ray Ray McLeod saw. So if you were going to James Washington as your streaming option, you wanted to figure out who's going to be the big benefactor here. Obviously, of course, Najee, Deontay, we knew they'd get a little bit of an uptick, and they did. But it was Ray Ray McLeod that really did step up. And again, one of the, as you were mentioning at the top, one of the worst games I think I have ever like had to slug through. <laughs> Just no, no was, team wanted to win it. <laughs> it was just awful. I mean, did you what? What chances did you think when that uh, Lions kicker had a forty-eight yarder to win? Well, I was just like, "There's, there's no way." I was no like, way. No he's way he's going to make it. No I know he's way. a pro- professional kicker, but there's no way he's going to make no it. No way. Way yeah. too snake bitten for sure. Uh, we wanted to mention the Cole Beasley potential injury. Only played nine snaps today, a ribs injury. We did see Gabriel Davis go for over a hundred y- yards with that role expanded. He's always seemed to get it done. Uh, when he gets to work, one of the better deep ball threats. I wonder if we continue to see a little bit of uptick there. And I also hinted at Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I want Broncos. you to hit the Broncos receivers. Yeah. I had to hit this bag of complete and absolute utter dirt who I have in four of my six leagues. And I think I'm going to promptly be sending to the waiver wire in four of six leagues. I mean, man, he is tar- talented. Like, I don't – like you say that and it's like, okay, if you're that talented, you should be producing better than these numbers. He's third in the league in air yards, though. Without Jerry Judy, he's one of the top 20 receivers, no doubt about it, in fantasy. The three games he's played with Jerry Judy, been the wide receiver 104 with 2.4 PPR points, wide receiver 64 uh, with just under six fantasy points, and then wide receiver 71 with 3.9 fantasy points. He has been absolutely and utter abysmal every single time he's been out there with Jerry Judy also there. In fact, he had five catches for 68 yards against Cleveland in Week 7, the last game before Judy returned. He now has five games for 78 yards, and the three games with Judy there. Just pathetic. The guy does nothing with that, with Judy there. This is a two-for-three target, 29-yard day, a week after a one-catch day. It's bad. It's hopeless. It, it, you know, Judy didn't do a ton himself, six catches, 48 yards, nine targets. But it's not happening for Sutton while Judy's there. For whatever reason, it just it completely he just disappears. You can't use him anymore. 
Jamal Agnew, your boy, had a weird, he had a weird he had a weird game, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a wide receiver. He went catchless on five targets, which is not great for him or the quarterback. But he ran three end arounds, and on those three end arounds, he rushed for seventy nine yards and a score. One of them went for sixty six by itself. So that's I don't know. It's it's fantasy points. If you started him, you're probably not like too disappointed, right? Yeah, it's that Corderell role we're talking about. He's getting backfield work. He's getting moved around all over the place. And, and certainly not – I don't want to disrespect Corderell Patterson, one of the best players in fantasy this year, but that's the type of role we're getting out of Agnew. It's not as explosive as a player or a team, so it's not going to be quite those numbers. But still, it's interesting usage for a guy that's only 9% rostered. A guy you should cut to go get Agnew or anybody else we've talked about is McCole Hardman. No reason to be on rosters. Three targets on the day that Pat Mahomes came back and rebounded, had a monstrous day. We saw him get three targets, two catches, 27 yards. He ran the lowest amount of routes with 82% for Tyree Kill, 68% for Pringle, 46% for Demarcus Robinson, 40% for Josh Gordon. Then down at the bottom, 34%, a lowly 34% for McCole Hardman. Meanwhile, Pringle had a touchdown in 45 yards. Could be an intriguing potential stash and dart throw. Either way, it's really just a Tyree Kill and Kelsey show here. As good as this offense can be, neither one is, is really anything else other than them. Oh, Elijah Moore, three catches on six targets, 44 yards and a touchdown. This is a guy you were really high on before the season and at various times throughout the season. Uh, this was in the Jets' humiliating Week 10 loss to the Bills. Remember, we were talking about, well, gosh, what if the Bills struggle with the Jets? You could tell pretty early on, oh, they're not going to struggle with the Jets. That's not going to be um, the case. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so anyway, it was he did score a 15-yard touchdown. It was like deep, deep, deep into garbage time. Um, courtesy of our guy, Scott Barrett, over the last three weeks, Elijah Moore ranks fifth in fantasy points. Now that's while being 26th in targets and 40th in roots run. So it's not like he's up at the top of all this stuff, but he's scoring fantasy points. He has a touchdown from three different Jets quarterbacks, none of whom are Zach Wilson. Exactly. <laughs> Give you anybody other than Zach Wilson, and this guy's going to go get it done. But as Scott's pointing out, only 13% target share 15% target share across those three weeks where he's the fifth in fantasy points. That's just insane that this guy is that good that he can be fifth on only 15% of target share. Usually you need some volume to go with it. It just goes to make you wonder if this guy got the volume, what the hell would happen? Like he is so damn talented. It's great to see the plays being made. Certainly not making plays is Deshaun Jackson. And that one, I don't know if you, did you see that one play? Yes, I saw it. <laughs> what was happening there? You like turned around and just kind of, I don't know. I, mean, I, I can't comprehend it. The guy I, can't find the uh, – No, but, I mean, I kind of feel like that play – I'm not, I don't want to say it cost him the game because it ended up being a blowout, but it was not a blowout at that point. And after that, that after that, it became a blowout. <laughs> exactly. One deep pass that he fumbled where he could have probably just kept running and maybe found the end zone at least just go down. I have no idea. Just awful. And, and a guy that a lot of people were stashing ahead of the game to see what happens. That was ridiculous. It's it's time to get rid of him. Go, he's the type of guy you have on your roster, go pick up Jeff Wilson. Like, you could do worse than Jeff Wilson tonight or check for Sony Michelle. Something. Get yourself a little action to see if something someone goes down and you get a big, big uh, break there. Travis Kelsey reminding us all about when the Chiefs are the Chiefs, why he's such a amazing guy to have on your squad unreal eight catches 10 targets 119 yards in their week 10 win over the Raiders which we just talked about uh, he actually tied Tyreek Hill with the most targets on the team I mean he just he looked like Travis Kelsey the, I don't, it's redundant for me to say much else he looked like Travis Kelsey Mahomes looked like Mahomes the Chiefs looked like the Chiefs um, and if they're all clicking like that you know he's the top tight end in the game and it's not really a discussion especially when Darren Waller four catches seven targets 24 yards 
He's been he, he's only top 12 fantasy points twice this year. He gets this what? huge twice, only twice. Week one, where you have the 19 target day. I, I tried to trade week. for him last week, I, and I, I got I, I offered Eli Mitchell for him straight up, and the guy yeah, turned me down. You probably dodged a bullet. Man. I know. I know. I have him in three out of five leagues uh, on, on Yahoo. He's killing me in all of those. It was a second-round pick, just not panning out to be anything better than, you know, Dalton. Well, now Dalton Schultz, but still. Just, just again, yeah, 61.8 receiving yards is like a pretty decent one. But only two end zone catches, uh, you know, six to seven targets. He's really only got one in that that double that one nineteen yard nineteen target game. It's kind of sh- like skewing our memory all the season. This guy has been a mediocre usage guy at best. Renfro has really taken that role over. All right, we're gonna have to hustle. It's eight o'clock. We got to get through the rest of these tight ends. So let's talk for a minute about Dan Arnold, who is still somehow available in seventy four percent of ESPN leagues. It really seems like he should be getting more love than that. Uh, you know, I can't believe I'm hyping any player on the Jaguars at all, but he seems yeah. to be a guy that's maybe worth talking about. Um, he had five catch, uh, he, five catches, 67 yards. No other Jaguar receiver had 35 yards. Okay, this is his third straight game above 60. Not bad at all for a tight end, especially not bad at all for a tight end on that shit show of a team. Um, they say he doesn't have as much tight end uh, or touchdown upside as a lot of the other guys, but I mean, his floor is higher because he's getting all these catches and these yards every single game. Seems like you can pencil him in for 10 or more. Exactly. Seven targets, 20% share across the last four games since he got traded for third in targets among tight ends, third in catches, fifth in tight end yards and eighth and a half PPR fantasy points, 24, 12, 19, 25 and 20% target share since Chark went down across those five games. Really solid stuff. A guy trending in the opposite direction is Dalton Schultz with Michael Gallup back this week. He went from a 20% target share with Gallup out to a 6% target share with Gallup back in. It's a one-game sample, so we can't just automatically say this is how things go. But certainly, talent-wise, if you have a Gallup on the field, he is head and shoulders above Dalton Schultz as a player. I don't think this is just a a one-week thing. I'm worried about Dalton Schultz moving forward. Tyler Conklin, who was a big, uh, sexy waiver pickup recently, including me. I picked him up in anticipation to the Rams being off next week. Might actually be better than Tyler Higby. Who knows? Um, He did have three catches, only for 11 yards, but he scored twice. And he ran a route 77% of the time that Kirk Cousins dropped back. And, of course, we love stats like that, right? Absolutely. Good usage, especially around the red zone. Nothing nothing to sneeze at. I think he's a great fill-in like you were talking about for next week. Gerald Everett, eight catches, leading the way. With those as well as 63 yards, as well as eight targets, all of those things, a high team highs, which goes to tell you just how bad of a day Russell Wilson and this offense had. But 78% route rate, quality stuff for Gerald Everett, clear cut role, and an offense that could get a whole lot better moving forward. So worth a stash of tight end if you're needy at the position. When we were doing the Sunday show, we would do stud of the week and dud of the week, and we would really put a crown on someone. There would have been a lot of competition for dud of the week this week, um, but this guy would have been one of the people we'd have been talking about, and that's TJ Hawkinson. He was targeted one time. He did not catch the ball, so he had zero fantasy points, zero real points. Um, my my buddy who has him was like, is he injured? I was like, nope. Nope. He's, he's, just, on, he's just on the Lions. Yeah, make sure to emphasize to him. He played 94% of the 94%. Snap, not very at all. 81% of routes. Out there all game, just didn't do a damn thing. Horrible. Just awful. Yep. The number one scoring tight end of the week was Hunter Henry. Four catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns. All of his catches went for either a first down or a touchdown. He has become that like safety blanket, especially in the red zone of Matt Jones. There's no John U. Smith that certainly helped 
this last week. But Hunter Henry now has a touchdown in, I believe, it's seven of the last nine games. He's killing it. There's only two games he hasn't scored on the season. Uh, It's awesome. Awesome to see this guy really developing. Him and the Mac Jones roommate narrative. We're really seeing it come to fruition. Well, we saw what that did for Cup and Stafford. So hopefully they can start having breakfast together or something. Yes. Um, Pat Fryermuth, your guy. This is our last tight end that will fly through the mailbag. Um, he's been awesome recently. He scored three touchdowns in the last two games. But Ebron helped that out a lot. And he was back. And so he they nibbled some cheese and all that stuff. He had 31 yards on five catches. And it took 50 pass attempts for him to get to that spot. Granted, this is all without Ben Roethlisberger. Not that Roethlisberger has been that awesome or anything like that. Um, so I don't know how encouraged or discouraged you are about Fryermuth. One thing they're not mentioning here is he had an extremely costly fumble in that game that actually probably was the reason that they ended up tying with the Lions uh, instead of beating them. Yeah, that was a brutal play. Sad to see it. Uh, and sad to see him now 51% and 61% route rates with Ebron in compared to 68 and 73%. Granted, the target share hasn't been that bad. 17% with Ebron. 18% with Ebron, 20 and 22 without him. So it's not a huge difference, but that's also the difference between a touchdown and not oftentimes when a lot of those targets do come in the red zone. So just something to note there. He did eat into it. Ebron's 18 routes compared to 31 for Fry. A little bit concerning there indeed. But yeah. on your way out, you want to hit that thumbs up button, whether you made it all the way through in the replay, whether you're here with us live the whole time. We love you guys. GrocerJones.com is where you breed and feed you fancy wolves. You can find all our content as the week goes on. I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. Hope you get what you need tonight, truth. Hope you get that W, and we'll chat soon. Later, wolf. Back. Used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Stole the